that's my joke on the tape. <laughs> I can't repeat it either. That's really tacky. Uh, we're going to take the next two weeks, this week and next week, which are the last two weeks of this semester, and learn from a handout from the Sefer Malchus Shlomo. If anybody doesn't have it yet, it's in the back there on the table. And the Malchus Shlomo is a Sefer that we have looked at before. It's a compilation of Divrei Torah stories and uh, Minhagam from my Rebbe, Zatzar Rabbi Shlomo Tversky. And it was put together very beautifully by one of his grandsons, Rabbi Yaakov Yisrael Nisan, from Far Rockaway, New York. He just put out a second edition, an expanded edition, a few months ago. Now, there's a section from the Malchus Shlomo, which is about tefillah, a topic and an experience which is very dear to our hearts. Tefillah is avoda shebelev, the work within the heart. So I photocopied the whole section, and everybody can have it, and please bring it back next week as well. And then you can keep it. And there's several paragraphs that touch on some very important topics in tefillah. So that's what we will do the next two weeks. And, of course, um, there'll be more in here that we have not been able to, to touch on all of the paragraphs, but we'll, we'll be able to get to a lot of them. So in the photocopy that we, that we have, if you just flip over to the second page of the photocopy, so that would be page Kuf Ches. It says Kuf Ches. It's the back side of the I'm sorry? Oh, mine isn't. That's probably, that's probably just the one that's like that. They did one front and back. Yeah. It should just be the second page, Kuf Ches. Do you have it like that? Yeah. Yes? Okay. So do you have it, Emily? You have Kuf Ches? Yeah, okay, so that means they just copied it differently. And it's the bottom right paragraph where it says, Echod Sho'al Oso. Everybody got that? Okay. Now, this is, um, because Rabbi Twersky did not actually write this, but it's rather things that he said. So, it begins in this way. Echad Sho'al Oso. One person, somebody asked Rabbi Twersky, Mato elas yeshpi tefila What purpose is there in davening to Hashem when we ask for something from God? Is it possible to change something which Hashem has decided? A question that so many people ask. There's a decree on high, I can make God change his mind, so to speak. What's happening there? So this paragraph and the next one will take two very different approaches to this. And the first one goes like this. And he said, it is possible that this in itself was the decision up there in Shemayim. That if a person would daven, then this is how the decree will be. The imlav, and if they don't daven, yihi yakach. This is how the decree will be. In other words, that Shemaim is waiting for us. So it's not like Hashem decreed it and then we change it, but rather Hashem is saying, if they daven, this is what I'll do. 
If they don't daven, then I'll do that. And that in itself is the decree. Virak im yispaleo hu meniach Hashem isparach la'asosimo. And if indeed we do daven, then we, so to speak, let Hashem do with us that which he truly wants to do. So we have a principle that Hashem always wants to do good. It's the way of the good, to do good and to give good. Hashem is a metiv. At the same time, he gave us Bechira. So he wants to, <clears throat> he wants to give us good. And if we daven, we're opening up that door for him to give us that good. V'zehu pirish ha-Mishnah. And this is the explanation of the Mishnah in Avos. Al-Gimel devorim ha-Olam omed. On three things the world stands. Top of the next page. Al-Hatorah v'al ha-Avoda. On Torah and Avoda, the next word is Gemilis Chasadim. Shehi ha So what's the Avoda? Avoda is tefillah. V'al Gemilus Chasadim. So to, the world stands on three things, Torah, Avodah, and Gemilus Chasadim, and Avodah is Tefillah. She'im chaser echad migimel elu, that if one of these three things is lacking, ha'olam lo yihiyah kamo shahud sarif lihiyos. The world is not going to be the way that it could be, the way that it should be. So it stands, meaning on Tov, on Hashem's true Ratzon, when we are involved in Torah, Avodah, Gemilus Chasadim, and if we let that go, the world falters. It shakes. It's not going to do, Hashem is not going to do that which He truly wants to. He's waiting for us. So this approach is that our tefillah is something that we must do in order to get a certain response from Hashem, and He's waiting for us for our tefillahs. That's one way to look at it. Now we'll look at the second paragraph, which is a different response, and we'll see, you know, what our thoughts are about these two. Otam. Another reason. Regarding the purpose and the goal of davening. Yes, for sure. Bein im mispalel olo. Whether a person davens or not, yikabel ma shehichlit hakadosh baruch hu he or she will receive that which Hashem has decided and decreed will be for them. Whether we daven or whether we don't daven, it's a decree on high. It's going to happen. Avo hachiluku. So, what is the difference then if we do or we don't? Sheim mispalo. That if we do daven. If we daven, then that which has been decreed will come out to us in a straight and clear way. But if we don't, then that very same decree comes our way except through the general hashkocha of the world, which is to say, like a natural event. So what's the difference? Vahanafka minahu. The difference is as follows. Shekiyodua, it is known. Kol matzav sheba olam. 
Yachol lahavi ha'adam yoser karov arachok mehashem isparah. Any situation in the world, any predicament, any conditions of life, they can bring a person closer to God or cause a person to become more distant from God. Hain ashirus, hain anius. Whether it's wealth or whether it's poverty. Hain berius, vehain holy. Whether it's health or whether it's sickness. So one person can be blessed with wealth, and through that they earn a relationship with God. They feel grateful. Another person is blessed with wealth, they forget about God. It can go either way. One person is poor, they turn to Hashem with all their heart, please help me. Another person is poor, God, for, God forsa for, forsook, forsaked, forsook, forsook, for, forsook me. One person's healthy, they feel grateful to Hashem for the, their health. Another person forgets about Hashem because he's healthy. One person is sick, they give up hope in God. Another person turns to Hashem with all their heart. So everybody, every situation can bring a person one way or the other. Just um, a few nights ago, the Rebetzin and I paid a shiva visit to the Englanders. And Mrs. Englander, the mother of the three Englander brothers who were here, passed away. She was a Holocaust survivor, went through Auschwitz and Bergen-Belsen. She was the only survivor of her entire family, the only survivor. And one of the daughters-in-law told my wife that when she got out of the camps, and some people were saying, you know, where was God? There is no God, as many people unfortunately did. She said, I know where God was. He was right on my shoulder. And because of him, I got out. Same experience, you know, in the, in the externally the same experience. What one person's, and she lost her whole family. What one person's response can be when another's person, it's Bechira, it's, it's choice. How we're going to interpret that event for our own life. So as Abedhursky says here, the Gezeira is in Shemaim, it's going to happen. If we daven, then we're able to relate to that Gezeira in a certain way, because it comes down clear from Hashem. If we don't, it comes down more through Hashkoch HaKlolis, and it's not so clear. V'im ha bo midei Hashem isparach. If the decree comes directly from God, meaning clearly from God, then the nisayon is smaller and the ability to recognize Hashem through what is happening in life is greater because it came down direct and they're able to perceive that it comes from Hashem more so. Unlike when it comes down through general hashkocha, teva, nature, the same thing happens, but you can't tell it's coming from God, and a person then takes their mind off of God. So that's the difference in whether we daven for something or not. So two very different responses from Rabbi Tversky's Atzal to this question. So just to reiterate them and to, bring, to highlight the differences, 
The first one is, is that the Gezeira indeed could go this way and it can go that way. It depends if you daven. If we daven, it goes this way. If we don't, it goes that way. The second response was that, no, the Gezeira is there. But how we live with that Gezeira and whether we find Hashem in these life circumstances of abundance or of not having, either one, that depends on our tefillah. I just want to make one comment on the second one. There's a sefer called Va'anis Tefillah by Rav Moshe Wolfson Shalita, very beautiful sefer on tefillah. And he says that the ikr of davening is connected to God. Connecting to God. The bond we create with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's more important as to whether or not we get what we requested or didn't, didn't get what we requested. The main thing is that we connect it to Hashem. And we hope that we get what we ask for, but we may, we may not. But we're happy because we talked to Hashem. So I think that from that perspective, in the second response of Rabbi Tversky, that if you daven, we're more able to see clearly where it's coming from, that it's based on that idea of connectedness, of making a bond with Hashem. That when we connect with Him through tefillah, so what He sends down to us is going to be more personal, more hashgacha pratis, we can see more clearly. So we connected to him, and therefore he connects back to us. And we can see it's coming from Hashem. In the circumstance that Hashem decreed, we can find God in it. But if we don't connect with him in our life, then he also sends down to us something in an impersonal way. Very similar to the Tochacha. If you walk with me, Bikari, then I walk with you, Bikari. If you're impersonal, when your relationship with me, Hashem says to us, then I will be with you. So simply by connecting to Hashem in tefillah, that allows us to experience life differently. It allows us to experience life with Hashem as opposed to without Hashem. Okay, some more thoughts on that, if you, if you have any, please. Yeah, Rebetzin. Mm-hmm. So I think I have heard Rabbi Tversky say that when we are davening, that we're not only asking for what we're asking for, but we're also asking that we should know that it's coming from him. Right. So in these two different things, it sounds, to me, I don't know if one is just fantasy, but one is that seems like what he said is, is more like the first thing, that, I, that when you're... The davening is, when you're saying the gazer is whatever it is, but Hashem is creating an opportunity for you to connect to Him. That's what tefillah is. So when you say, he, you know, it could go this way or it could go that way, it depends on you, you could see that as you could get sunny weather, you could get cloudy weather, and depends on if you daven or not, or it could be the weather's going to be what it's going to be, but either you're going to know it's coming from Hashem and you're and he's relating to you, and this is in order for you to accomplish in the best way what you have to accomplish today, or you're not going to see that. And that's what the davening is really about. It's not so much determining what the environment is going to be, but being connected to the environment 
in a way that you can see that it's all about your relationship with Hashem. Right. I think that's more like the second approach right. that allows you to see that it's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yeah, please, Mr. Shimon. So then it allows you also to understand that whatever Hashem has decreed for you is for your good. And that's what you get through that relationship. Yes. Right. So more so. It's your lot, but that was what was best for you. Right. And to be able to accept that. Right. And that's such a difficult thing to do, but that is the idea, really that we see something happening in our life, maybe it's not something that we would call good, something bad, but because of our connection to Hashem, we see where it's coming from, and either we believe it's for our own good, and sometimes we're even zocha to see how it's for our own good, sometimes. Yeah, please, Kelly. Uh, how does the second one Right. A big part of our, of our way of life is hope, right? So I'll tell you how I see these and a number of them, others. I, I think that what Rabbi Tversky is saying here is that it's not one or the other, but rather it could be this sometimes, and it could be this sometimes. Sometimes a decree is already made, and all we're going to do by davening is, is experience it differently, which we want to. Other times we can actually change the Gezeira. We do know that from our Chachamim that you, we can change a Gezeira on high through Tefillah. Teshuva, Tefillah, Utsadaka, Ma'adirinas, Roha Gezeira. We say Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. We can actually change it. Now, does that mean God changes mind? No. It means that in this current state that we are, Hashem decrees this. But if He sees that we have moved ourselves, that we've reached out to him, that we're crying out to him. If he sees that we made a change in our own self, now, now it's a different lay of the land. That's a new Gezeira now. The other Gezeira was based on how things were before, but now we daven and it's a new world and a new person, so we can actually bring down a new decree. And that's one of the reasons why we always have hope um, as Jews, because we know we have the koach to change a decree. And God's not changing his mind. He's reevaluating based on new circumstances and in our Lashon, a new world, a new person. I even think, though, that there's hope, even if the decree doesn't change, when a person relates to a decree in a more positive way, that, that also is bringing down something good from Shemayim. And there's hope in that as well, even though it didn't change but there's hope that my attitude can change. Now there's a story about the Baal Shem Tov. I heard from Rabbi Tversky Zatzal that his Hasidim said to him one day that there seems to be a contradiction that the Chachamim say that the world is judged on Rosh Hashanah and your Parnassah is decreed. Then there's another Chazal that says that a person is, gets their Parnassah every single day. So how do you resolve this? So the so Baal Shem Tov said, okay, well, we'll see. So they're walking, he and his Talmudim, and they pass the town water carrier. And he's an older man, and he's crexing. 
he's carrying very heavy buckets of water. The Baal Shem Tov said to him, Vesmachta Rabir, how are you doing, Rabir? He says, Oi, Rabbi, I'm old, I'm tired, and I have to schlep water, and it's very heavy, and, and it's very hard, and it's by Parnassa, so that's what I have to do. So the Baal Shem said to him, Okay, everything should be well. So the next day, he's walking with his Hasidim, and they, they, they see the same water carrier. And the Baal Shem said to him, So, Vesmachta Revir, how are you doing? So he says, Rebbe, I'm doing wonderful. Thank God I have my health, I have a Parnassah, I'm so happy that Hashem has blessed me with my Parnassah. So the Baal Shem said to the Talmudim, see, that's the difference from one day to the next. That the decree is on Rosh Hashanah, what you're going to get, yeah. But how you experience it every single day, that's the idea that every day there's a new Gezeira on your Parnassah. Same man, same circumstances, but his attitude changed from one day to the next. And that's something we can accomplish through tefillah. Please. The difference is in how we perceive it. That a decree can come down and it's clear and revealed, and it can come down and it's unclear and it just looks like nature. You're right, they're both from Hashem. But one of them is very disguised and it makes it appear like there's no God. That's what we call the world of Teva. That, teva here has a very specific meaning. It appears like natural circumstances because God is so hidden. If we that it's from God either way. Right, either way it's from Hashem. Right, but for some people that's going to that's going to make a big difference that they won't see God in their life. They didn't reach out to Him. Other people who have a more developed relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they'll see God in nature too. They'll find Him either way. Yeah, Elka, okay, please. Yes, yes. It's not just for the right. major things in life. Yeah. Right. So, so it's like if you're if you're if this is what you're doing when you're davening is trying to connect to Hashem, then I guess what I'm trying to ask is, are you set up then so that when something out of the ordinary happens, <clears throat> excuse me, you know how to relate to it because of the past, because of the way you've been dominating, even if you're just dominating regular things, 
how you respond at that time. I, don't I, I think so. I, I think that it's true that by regular davening that we educate ourselves about davening and we become daveners. So when a more extreme life circumstance comes around, we have what to draw on. We have that pattern that's kind of imprinted in us of tefillah. Now, even without that, emergency comes up, you know, people jump to pray, like they say there's no atheists in foxholes. Life circumstances come up, people, people pray. But I, I do think there is something to that, that learning, teaching ourselves how to daven prepares us for those more exceptional circumstances. I do want to add also that we always have to be aware of this. Every day we're davening for our life. There's really no such thing as a regular day. It just appears that way. Right. It appears like the regular ups and downs. But we're mamish davening for our life. That's a daily tefillah. We're, we're used to life, like we all get used to life, but there's a lot on the line every time we step before Hashem to, to daven. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, please. Yeah, uh -huh, yeah. Both meaning that both that we mentioned, yeah. yeah, it's on. It's this is this is happening in, in my opinion, on a daily basis. Things that were decreed and that we have to learn how to make our attitude to them better through tefillah, or that our tefillah will actually make a different decree. This is happening on a daily basis all the time. Yeah. Whether we're aware of it or not. Right. Right, because we live in a world of Teva, we're not often going to be aware of this, so we have to train ourselves for this awareness, this God awareness. Mm -hmm. So if, I thought maybe you could say, but it depends on how you dive, you don't have to dive, and it depends on your commodity, for sure. your state of mind. For sure. So, so okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Person, and we're going to get to some of those ma'amorim that our tefillos fluctuate on a daily basis. But yes, one day's davening could be more powerful than another's day. Another day's davening, and yes, but more kavana, less but, kavana. But, but, yes, but Hashem sees that you are davening. We're davening, day, right? Even if there's fluctuations like that, the days that you're still not davening really so much kavana, but it, you're still davening. We're still davening. The connection, you're right? Still davening, otherwise you wouldn't bother. Right. That's why you should consider. Right. Right. But does Hashem still consider that that, that is tefillah? Sure. A, a, a tefillah is a tefillah. There are tefillahs of a higher of a higher order than other tefillahs <laughs> that we say, but mm -hmm. on one level you dive in. You dive into Hashem, that's what he wants from you. 
And I would even add one more thing to that. Sometimes we daven not for the connection. Sometimes we daven because we have to. I just, I just speak as a man. Different obligations between man and woman. But there are times I step up to davening. I'm not trying to connect. I wish I was. I'm davening because I have to daven mincha. That's why I'm davening. I have to. I'm, I'm, I, I have the chiyuv. I'm a chuyuv. So I hope within that frame of mind of I have an obligation, I'm chayiv lehis palel, I'm hoping that within that, that will make me, drive me to seek for that connection. But it's not always there. Sometimes I'm davening because that's what I have to do. But I'm still davening. And if one davens for that reason, they still daven. Every single tefillah that we have is a tefillah. Yeah, please, Rabbi Sin. I'm sorry. It's not as good. It's not as good. No, it's not as good. It's ain to filoso tachanunim is the language of the chachamim. Ha'osa to filoso keva. If you make your davening just a fixed thing, like it's your responsibility. So ain to filoso tachanunim. It's not called like you're saying words of supplication. Your heart's not in it. Did you daven? Yes. Something happened in your mind because you daven? Absolutely, you did a mitzvah. One person shakes the lulav, one, two, three, puts it down, did, or the other say the mitzvah, yes. Another person is shaking the lulav, you know. The same mitzvah, but a lot different, depending on what's happening inside of their heart. But they both did a mitzvah. Now, I'm, you know, as a chassid, I'm very much in favor of, of the this one, you know. You know? <laughs> But I, but I, at the same time, want to say that a mitzvah is a mitzvah. Yeah. Yeah, please, Rabbi. So I wonder that it seems that, to me, it, it certainly makes a difference what we're, how we're davening and, and to what end we are. And when you're saying davening is training, it's certainly training. And to me, it's training to take that veil off of the world. That's what davening is all about. That's what's telling us. Hashem made this. Hashem made that. Everything, everything is coming from Hashem to the bracha before Shmon Yisrael. Our whole destiny, our whole course has been guided by Hashem. And then when you come into a situation that's difficult, you've, you've embedded that awareness in you this Two is coming from Hashem, so you could say Gamzulatoba, you could say anything that expresses your belief in a compassionate God, but you've made the connection that everything is coming from Hashem and that Hashem is compassionate. And that's to me that maybe it's fantasy to, to live in a place where it almost doesn't matter what the environment is, it's more important that that connection is there. To me, that's Rabzusha. They didn't even think he was, he didn't even know he was suffering. All he knew was he was connected to Hashem. Anyone else looking at him would say, oh my God, how does somebody live like that? But he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. But that's a madrega. Right. That's a big madrega. I mean, I don't know how we access that. Right. But do we even aim for that? In a certain way, a certain way, we try to look at our circumstances as being secondary to our ultimate relationship with Hashem. Sure. Yes, please, Sandy. Yes. Uh-huh. 
And I agree with you. It may not be immediate, but it will be there for you when you need it. Yes. Dory, yeah, please. Thank you, Sandy. Um, you mentioned that you stop and you have the right attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elu ve Yeah, Elu ve Yeah. Each one. It's like sometimes you learn before you daven, sometimes you daven before you learn. But each one is right. Each one is an approach. So we do want to go into davening with an attitude. So for example, Ein omdin lihispalo el mitoch simcha shal mitzvah. The Chachamim saying the Gemara, you should stand up to daven out of a state of joy. So that's an attitude before, or mitoch kovid rosh, from a, from a state of seriousness. Those are leading into davening attitudes. And then you have attitudes that form as a result of the fact that we just daven. Even if we're not davening for a specific attitude, we're davening to connect to Hashem, and that's why, we'll find that our attitude, memela, it just it changes because of the tefillah. Yes, please, Linda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't remember that you said that, right? <laughs> yes. You cannot say them again. A bracha is a bracha that kind of goes back to that same point. It's still a bracha, even though we didn't concentrate, you cannot say that bracha again. That would be a bracha levatala. You could say Baruch Atah and then say Pokeach Yavim, Baruch Atah, Mabiyasharim. That's okay. You want to reconcentrate on that theme or even just think about what did I just say? Pokeach Yavim, Mabiyasharim. That's okay. But you can't say the Baruch again. That never happens to me. I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) Happened to me this morning, probably. Now, if you flip over the page, we're just going to expand on this theme a little bit. Page Kuf Yud. Now it will be even more further developed. So second paragraph on page Kuf Yud, where it says, Hine. So this is another comment from Rabbi Tversky. Either he was giving a shear or talking at his table, because these are excerpts from what he said over the course of many years. All of the hashpaos, meaning everything God emanates to us, delivers to us here in our world, they come through misachim. That means through veils. Masach is a veil. Whether they are spiritual things or whether they are physical things, they come through veils. Because if it were not for those veils, we would cease to exist on account of Hashem's great light. Right, so the, the spiritual light that comes down from Hashem is so powerful, if it were not toned down, we would simply cease to exist. Like looking at the sun, you can't. So these mesachim are necessary to bring the hashpa down into our world so we can handle it. And we, we won't be overwhelmed by it. The yesh gimel bechinos b'mesachim elu. There are three types of these veils. 
three categories. One is that the veil is like glass, it's transparent. And you can see, so to speak, Hashem's light being emanated to you. This is called a levush, literally clothing, a garment. So somebody's wearing a garment, you can see what's inside the garment. A garment is a person in there. It's not concealing who's there, it's covering who's there, but you know, oh, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so, they're wearing clothing, but you know who they are. That's a levush. The form is still there. So this kind of hashpa comes from Hashem, and you can say, oh, that comes from God. It's clear. And that kind of hashpa, that emanation from on high, that's called kedusha. So I like to use the example of standing at a chuppah. I think most people feel that there's something very awesome going on when they're standing at a chuppah. And you can just tell that this is not one of life's normal circumstances. It's very powerful, it's very bright. So that's kedusha. Something's coming down and you know it. Vahasheni. A second category of hashpa'ahu, kishehamosahu kolkach of, that the veil is so thick and opaque, ad shemastir ha'or b'socho legamre, that it completely hides the light which is inside of it. Velo od shemastir, not only does it hide the light, ela shagam minaged la, but it opposes the light. Umasach zeh nikra klipa. This is called in the lashon of Chasidus klipa, a shell. Hashem shemastir keklipa because it hides what's inside of it, like the shell, or hides that which is inside of it. So a klipa is that you can't even tell that there's God in there. It's so covered over, and could even appear to be anti-God like Ra, evil in the world, is this idea. Something evil is coming out, coming down, and it's clothed in a way that, where is Hashem? So that is a masach. You're not going to call it a levush anymore. That kind of hashpa'a is called tuma. You can't tell that there's God in the picture, and it may even appear to be opposed to God. The Gimel, then the third category is Kesheha Hashpa'a Eina Mugula Omisnagedes that the Hashpa'a coming down is not transparent, it's not revealed, it's also not in opposition to Hashem, Ella Musteres, it's just concealed. It's not anti-God, it's just you can't see God. V'zeh nikra chol. This is called chol, what we say a weekday. Most of our life, the Ramchal says, is spent in the world of chol. Shabbos is kadosh. Every other day of the week is chol. So that kind of hashpa'ah, you have to discover Hashem who's hiding in there. But it's not anti-God. 
O klipas noga, or in the language of Hasidus, this is also called a klipa, it's a shell, but it's a shell called noga. Noga means bright. Dehainu klipa sheyesh or besocha, because there's light inside of that shell. So the three different categories are kedusha. It comes down in a levush, and you can tell that God is behind it. <clears throat> Tuma is, it comes down in such a thick and opaque veil that it's anti-God. And Klippa is, where is God? He's hidden. Klippa Noga. Noga, I'm sorry. Klippas Noga is the middle one that, it's not Usr, it's not a mitzvah, but you've got to deal with it. That's everyday life. Where is God in everyday life? Noga. There's light in there. It's a Klippa, but there's Noga. And he'll just finish that explanation, Pirish. Shayim anu rotsim asher If we choose to see the light, we can't. It's our choice. Just one second, Esther. We have that choice when it comes to klipas no. Because these are not Averos. It's waking up in the morning and going to the store and eating breakfast and coming to class. and Well, that's Kedush already. And going to a carpool and you know, having a conversation with somebody. It's, it's daily life. We can find God in there. That's Klippas Noga. A hashpa'a that comes down to a person can come down in any of these three ways. If a person davens for his needs, then the shefa comes down straight and clear. But not through klipos. So going back to the question of davening, which he's connecting this to, tefillah helps so that the hashpa'a comes yashur, and we can see more readily Hashem in that hashpa'a, maybe even to the extent of Kedusha, if we're Zoha. So what's getting in our way if we daven? Well, there's so many other things in life that we possibly are doing to block the hashpa'a. Because if it were just as straightforward as this, you would daven and see God. So first of all, who said we daven so well? I like Elka's question. Second of all, even if we did, but there's other things that occur in our life that could block the hashpa'a. So this is one thing which helps to be able to see that I'm in a relationship with God and this is where it's coming from. Esther, please. Um, when we had talked just in, in our last little intro of, of talking, yeah. um, by darling, uh, one of the purposes would be recognizing that Hashem gives us everything so that um, in the past when I thought I didn't want to bother Hashem with little things, that, that was foolish and like inappropriate. Bother him with everything <laughs> that's bothering mm-hmm. me or mm-hmm. the world or whatever. Right. Um, so that is an acknowledgement that he controls and is the source of everything. Mm-hmm. So connecting that with what you just said, um, if it sort of ties in with people who are concentrating on all of the Hishkata process in their lives. Yeah. On a, you know, like, gee, I didn't really want to go to the store, but I decided to go to the store, and then I ran into my 
realizing that came from Hashem, that the more that one does that, and people who keep Hashkafa process journals, or mm -hmm. the more that one recognizes that all those seemingly uh, coincidental, random acts, you, you start to see some sort of pattern right. or acknowledgement. It, it's all kind of related to mm -hmm. Hashem is the person, the being. Or the, <laughs> the everything. Mm -hmm. So if you can do that, then you move a lot of, I'm asking that, mm -hmm. you then move a lot of what seems to be Noga up into the Kedusha. Right. And you possibly even get um, some of the Klipa cleared off from the tumor. So that, in other words, if, you, if something bad happens to you, right. Um, it's easier, perhaps, to get to that point of seeing where that was actually towed. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And, and a big part of the avoda in the world of Chol, in the Ramchal's language, or in the world of Noga in the Hasidic language, is taking Noga and moving it over into Kedusha. Alright, so you take a sandwich, it's not holy, it's Chol. And number one, it's kosher. Number two, you say, Baruch to Hashem, Elkem Elchon HaMotzi Lecha Min and then take a bite out of your sandwich. Now then, what we just did is we took Noga and we moved it in, into Kedusha. So every time we interact with the world along that pattern, we, we've done that. And that's most of our life being in whole. That's what we're meant to do, is take this mundane world that we're put in and lift it up into the realm of Kedusha, slowly but surely over the course of history. Yeah. Thank sure, thank you. Yeah, grab something, please. If I have one, uh, yeah. a quandary, because you often told yeah. me that we shouldn't say, Hashem answered me. Right. That there is some bit of arrogance in that right. to say that God acted because of me. Right. So then I could answer that, and I wanted to, mm -hmm. is that. It's not so much knowing that God answered me, but that everything is coming from Hashem, mm -hmm. and that I have a relationship with Him. And when we're training ourselves to see that everything comes from Hashem, we could say, this came from Hashem, it's just what I needed. He's paying attention to me, but not, He answered me. That there's a, maybe it sounds subtle, but there's a big difference between those two. And I was thinking in terms of how to achieve that. It's also, if we have our eggs in a lot of baskets, it's hard to see where things are coming from. Mm -hmm. And Rabbi Abraham Tursky, one of his books on addiction, told a story about an alcoholic who said, you know, you know, part of their credo is having a higher power that you give yourself over to. Mm -hmm. So the man said, you know, thank God today I'm sober, however many days it was. Someone said, why thank God? We said, because I, every day I ask God that, you know, I should be sober today. But the point to me of that story is that maybe he did a lot of other things, but in his mind, the, the, the egg in the basket was God. If anything was happening, it was because of, of God. Yes. Yeah. So, that's, I think that's the, the line, that's the balance to strike. We do not say, what the Rebison is pointing out here, we do not say... God did this, God did this because we davened. 
We don't do that. that. That's already taking too much credit. We say, thank you, Hashem, for doing that. Thank you for healing. Thank you for granting. Thank you, Hashem. We daven with all our heart. Yeah. But we don't say, because we daven, you answered us. Because we don't know that. It's, it's chesed Hashem that we are experiencing in the world. And we have to be careful not to cross that line into arrogance or being smug about our tefillos. We have to daven with our heart, and Hashem does kiritsono according to how He wills it to be. But, the, but my point then, the question is mm -hmm. then, then what point is the davening in the relationship? Because usually in a relationship, it's mutual. You feel that like God has said something to you, you understood what I said, you responded to it, we are in a relationship. So that there is an aspect of my davening of saying that, you know, Hashem helped me, He was paying attention to me. Now, why He decided to help me, I don't know. Right. But he was clearly paying attention right. to everything I was saying and what mm -hmm. I felt I needed, mm -hmm. and, and he helped me, and I don't know why. Right. Thank you. Thank you for helping. Thank you for granting that, but I'm not taking credit for it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes, Linda, please. The, um, three types of veils. Yes. Are they the same for non-Jews? No. No, they're not. Uh, are they the same for non-Jewish people, the Mesachim, these veils? So the veil of Kedusha is, I'm going to say, almost exclusively a Jewish veil. There's such a thing as uh, a non-Jewish person praying to Hashem and getting uh, what they want or asking for a refuah, but that comes down through their malach, through their sar, you know, the sar of that particular nation, even though God's in charge of everything. So that's a different experience. Kedoshim Tihiyu is an instruction from the Torah to Jews. It's not an ex a, a instruction or a command from the Torah to all people. So it's not that they get a different version of Kedusha because they have a different hashpah in the first place? That, that, that's also. They, they have a different hashpah. We're not going to call it Kedusha. It could be a good thing, and it might be based on Sheva Mitzvah, but they know often lead leading an upright and good life, but it's not the same thing as Kedusha. Kedusha is based and rooted in Taryag Mitzvos, in Torah, and in the Yiddish and Neshama. That's where Kedusha lies. Can they, can they also affect the Kedusha? Like, they can also lose um, Only to an extent. In a Hashkocha Kloliistic way. Their nation, their culture, they can. But that's as far as it goes. Everybody have a great day, and uh, just please uh, bring it back next week, and we'll continue with some more Mount Morim from Sila. Yes, um, Andrea, we have one more class. Okay, one week and then a two-week break.